Okay, we're holding Maseches Peah, Peragimel Meshtaches, 3.8. This Mishnah, again, is off-topic of Peah. Um, the reason it's brought here is because, again, it uses the phrase um, karkakol shehu, some de minimis amount of land. The topic has to do with uh, freeing one's slave um, in a way that's ambiguous. Now, to explain what that means. We're talking here about an Evid Kanani. An Evid Kanani, as opposed to an Evid Ivri, is a non-Jewish slave. Um, the person started out being non-Jewish, and now they're owned by the Jew. I don't discuss too much about how that works, but suffice it to say that now this person became um, a separate status, like a quasi-Jew, called an Evid Kanani. And the Evid Kanani is owned by a Jew. That is to say, his person is owned, the same way other chattels, other objects are owned, or real estate is owned. Um, so, so to this person is owned by the Jew. That's the legal setup of an Evid Kanani. Again, I don't discuss here the ethical issues and, and how that works. And so, just that's the legal issue. Now, if a person is an Evid Kanani, since they're owned, their person is owned by their master, the Jew, so they don't have the ability to acquire something for themselves. They haven't got a, a hand to acquire it, so to speak. That is to say that if I'm the owner and I give to my Evid Kanani, my slave, um, $100 and say, this $100 is for you, I want you to have it. So he has no legal way to acquire it. That's just a big joke. In other words, $100 which goes into his hand remains my $100. There's no possibility of an Evid Kanani uh, making an acquisition in any way because he's an extension of me. He's owned by me. He's a wholly owned subsidiary of me, so to speak. So if one is to free his Evid Kanani, that emancipation requires a legal document. Uh, the same way there's a get, a bill of divorce that goes to a woman that would sever the marriage relationship. So there's a get shichrur, a bill of emancipation that severs the master-slave relationship. So if I want to free my Evid Kanani, my slave, I'll have to first give him some kind of, of uh, get shichrur, an emancipation document that allows him to be free. Now, there, the normal way to do that would be have a document that expresses that very point that I'm releasing you and you're becoming free. However, another way that could be done is by me giving him a document that says I'm transferring my ownership of his person to him. I transfer my ownership of his person. So effectively he becomes his own owner of himself. And now he becomes a free man um, who can then, amongst other things, uh, he becomes a, a full-fledged Jew, by the way. Um, he can also acquire things like any other free man. And therefore, if I first give a document to my Evid Kanani, and I say, you're now, your person belongs to you. And I also say in the documents for argument's sake, and with that $100 as well becomes yours from mine, and I give it to him, so that he now can acquire the $100 that becomes his, because he has the capacity to acquire. Our Mishnah discusses the question of um, valid or invalid declarations that we written down in this Get Shechrur, in this Bill of Emancipation, um, and whether or not the Evid Kanani in such a scenario actually becomes free or not. So, here we'll see it inside. The Mishnah says, HaKosav Nechasav La'avdo. If a person writes in the Get Shechrur, in that Bill of Emancipation, everything I own belongs to my Evid, my slave, Yatsa ben Chorin, then the slave goes free, because included in everything I own is my rights to his person. And by transferring my rights to his person to him, he becomes free. And when he becomes free, he simultaneously acquires whatever else I'm transferring to him. In this case, everything. 
I could have just easily said, I transfer my rights in him alone and nothing else, in which case he'd become free and own nothing. Or I could say, I'm transferring to him my rights in his person plus $100, and he would acquire him his freedom plus $100. In this case, there's an unambiguous, I'm giving everything I own to him, and since everything includes the rights to his person, so his person transfers as well, and therefore he becomes free, and he owns, he goes free as well as owns everything I transferred. On the other hand, sheer karka kol lo yatsa ben If I say, I'm transferring everything I own to my slave, my evikinani, except for something, except for some piece of land, for that matter, any other piece of property that I own. Um, since I qualified the word everything, I said everything except for something. So now that everything doesn't mean everything literally. It means everything minus something. And that becomes ambiguous if included in that everything was also my rights to the person of the Evid, the the ownership of the of the Evid Kanani himself. So that might sound a little strained at first, but the idea is that if I really want to transfer his freedom to him, um, then I would have said it. And since I didn't say it, all I said is I'm transferring to him everything I have minus something. It's not clear if I wanted to transfer my ownership him, to him also, or if I was just sort of, you know, wanted to make him feel good or play the fool with him or whatever the story may be. And therefore, since it's ambiguous, legally ambiguous, because I qualified the everything with everything except for something, maybe that something might include um, the rights to him. Even though I only said something specific, let me clarify that point. According to this, the Tana here, where I'm saying, I give in the, I write in the contract, Evid, I give you everything I own except for my farm. That alone would not render the, the Evid free, according to the Shita, Tanakama, because uh, when I said everything except for the farm, maybe I meant everything except for the farm and your person. It's ambiguous what I meant, because everything didn't mean everything literally. So this Tana holds that Lo Yatza Ben Choren, since it's not explicit that he's acquiring his freedom, um, therefore we won't let him acquire himself and become free. Rabbi Shimon disagrees. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Lo Ben Choren. Rabbi Shimon says that is not sufficiently ambiguous. If I say I'm giving you everything except for something in particular, so then all that's excluded is that something in particular, but included in the everything is the rights to the person of the slave. And therefore, when I say, slave, I give you everything except for my farm. What that means is I give him everything, meaning including the rights to himself, and he goes free, and he owns all my property except for my farm. Rabbi Shimon says, however, there is a way it could be more ambiguous yet, and therefore the slave not go free. For example, Ad Shiyomer, if until the master writes in a document the bill of, Man- bill of emancipation to the slave, I give all my property to my slave, except for a tiny percentage of it. Ribo is uh, 10,000, so echem ribo would mean one ten thousandth, you know, 0.01 of 1% of what I own. Of course, about Tanur, what that means is since I didn't specify which tiny sliver of my assets I'm not transferring, and it's ambiguous what that's referring to, it could very much mean a tiny sliver of my ownership of the Evid. And that being the case, the Evid didn't acquire his person free and clear, and therefore he acquires nothing, and he's totally still owned by me, and nothing transfers to him. According to the Rambam, um, the meaning of this isn't that I'm transferring some indefinite, I'm transferring everything except for some undefined, you know, one ten thousandth of my assets, which might be referring to my ownership in him. Rather, what I mean is I'm transferring 
99.99% of all my assets to him, meaning I'm retaining, you know, like, you know, so to speak, uh, one share in my total ownership LLC, if you will. And since one of the assets in my total ownership LLC, so to speak, is the Eved, I'm retaining a tiny bit of my ownership in him also, along with my tiny bit of my ownership in everything else. Um, so the two shots in there. But we'll stick with the Bartonura as our as we always do, and therefore the bartender understands here, like the first way I said it, which is since I was um, clearly withholding something from him and not clear what that was, so according to Shimon, that would mean that it's ambiguous, and since the Evid can't go free and clear, he doesn't acquire his ownership, excuse me, his freedom, he remains um, owned as a slave and acquires nothing. The halacha is not like Rabbi Shimon. That is to say, like the Tanakama, if um, I say I give you everything except for something in particular. Still, that's not sufficient because once everything didn't mean everything proper, we 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 don't. It's called lo palgin lo palgin and dibure. We don't um, start looking at as two separate sentences. I give you everything and then with some qualification. No, it's everything and everything didn't mean everything. Literally, it meant everything except for something, and that remains ambiguous what that something was. Um, even if I was explicit in enumerating something to exclude, like the farm, it may also mean everything but the farm and also some piece of you and your person. And therefore, uh, that alone would be sufficient to not allow the Evrikanai to go free.